Okay, welcome back. You're listening to Vicky's Adventures in the Star Trek. I'm William. And I'm Vicky. And today we're going to be reviewing Season 1, Episode 8 of Breaking the Ice. So, Vicky, what was your thought that you were going to see in this episode? I My thought was that they're going to meet a new species and, you know, dine with them, break the ice. Very good theory. Unfortunately, that is wrong, <laughs> as we find out. <laughs> good thought, though. I know. So, this is the second time we're recording... Uh, we're going to record this because during the last recording somebody decided to call my phone and screwed up the recording. Yeah, as if I haven't had enough problems this weekend I get that happening. (laughs) So, Season 1, Episode 8, Breaking the Ice. Archer attempts a little diplomacy with a very unwelcoming Vulcan captain. Reed and Mayweather are endangered while drilling for samples of an uncharted on an uncharted massive comet. So saying that, that gives you a little bit more information, doesn't it, sweetheart? Yes. So yeah, we would be doing two today, um, which would be breaking the ice and civilization. But a, I haven't done my notes for civilization, and b. We've had a very long weekend, and we are not in any position to do two of them. So what <laughs> we're going to do is we're going to play the episode, and go through, and hopefully we can uh, do this right. And uh, we'll pause here and there when Vicky has questions, or when something needs to be stated. Um... So hopefully that will help out. Um, other than you guys just hearing me talk for an incessant amount of time. <laughs> so, Season 1, Episode 8, Breaking the Ice. Do you have anything to say before we start, sweetheart? No, not yet. Okay, ready to go? Yes. Here we go! So, we're on Enterprise. Looks like we're going about warp 4.5. Human children have off. such fertile imaginations. Mm-hmm. They're looking matter. at children's drawings, Floxes. These are sent by my nephew's fourth grade class. Thought the crew might like to see how excited folks back home are about our mission. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to put this one up at sick bay. Would you like one for your quarters? This rendering is crude, yet surprisingly accurate. Yeah, some of these kids are pretty talented. Which one do you want? This one's nice. Or maybe you want first contact. First contact, we see a, a blue alien creature. How about this one? Green Vulcan. Well, to be honest, I must say this. I know it's going to be a spoiler, but you're going to see it anyways. Vulcans have green blood. Now, McCoy, who is the doctor in TOS, must be that green blood of his. Well, it's because our blood is based on iron. Theirs is based on copper. So that's why their blood is green. Versus ours being red. Right. So there's that at least for you. Does that help you any? Yes. (laughs) Okay. That's why later on you will see DePaul get hurt. 
Um, and you'll see that her, where she got hurt at, it's got green on it because that's her blood. That's her blood. Along with uh, Shran, the, the Vulcan ambassador. So, you'll see that happen. They're just coming out of work. For those of you who weren't near a window, you might want to find one. There's something pretty amazing off starboard. <laughs> Senior staff, please report to the bridge. I've checked the Vulcan database, sir. No previous sightings. No. That means we discovered it. Archie. Something I must state, because I haven't stated it yet. In TOS, Captain Kirk does not have a, a ready room. Okay, Archer does this right in where we're paused at on this video is it's right there behind Travis's head basically, and then there's an ops ops area or observation lounge if you will behind Archer's seat. So the observation area is like in TOS, TNG, DS9, and Voyager. There's an area in the ship that they go to and they have a meeting with the head head. Uh, Departments, basically, if you will, like the head of security, the head of engineering, the head of science division, you know, the head of medical, you know, that kind of stuff. Right. In DS9, it's different than in all the others. Same with here in Enterprise. Enterprise is an open area in the back. In the original series, it's in a room with no windows whatsoever. In TNG and Voyager is a room with windows and with a big, huge, long table that they all can sit at. In the DS9, it's on the main bridge, kind of like in the center right. of the the area. And Cisco's office, instead of ready room, is his office is off to one side as well. So, I hope that gets that figured out for everybody. Yes. So something else you'll you'll find out later in TNG. I'm not going to spoil you for you, but there's a place called Cetacean Ops. I'll explain to you about that when we get to that series. Okay. It's coming. Take us closer, Ensign. Hi, sir. Through the theme of the inter of Enterprise. Ever seen anything like that in your astronomy books? Wow. <laughs> That's one big snowball. Yes, it is, Trip. The diameter is 82.6 kilometers. 82.6 kilometers. Maybe we should spend a few days following this one. Vulcan and human scientists have researched hundreds of comets. They've proven to be little more than rock and ice. Except rock and ice. This one's bigger than any comet humans have ever seen. That's got to be worth a look. Stay with it, Travis. Thanks, sir. So now we see T'Pol in her room. Kind of interesting, her room. And she's got a message on her computer screen. 
looks like she's a little concerned, doesn't it? Now we got the trip, looking at a piece of pecan pie pecan in the mess pie. hall. <laughs> Only trip. Pecan pie and milk. Milk, cold. Well, that's what he wants, apparently. Catching up on your reading? I can't put you. Well, stay away from the Zerafian blend unless you want to stay up for the next three days. Mm -hmm. Caffeine has little effect on Vulcan physiology. Green tea, hot. Well, it's good to know. It does. <laughs> she says it does. You want to join me? She caffeine doesn't okay. have very much effect on Tell me about Vulcan physiology. Put out about 100 fires engineering this afternoon and this dinner. And somebody told me Chef made a pecan pie and suddenly my life brightened. It's my favorite <laughs> since I was a kid. Here for a bite. No, thank you. It's, mostly it's delicious. Sugar. It's mostly sugar. <laughs> a Balkan story. It's mostly sugar. Mostly sugar. May not be good for the body, but it sure is good for the soul. I'm not a fan of pecan pie. I have tried it. I'm not. I like apple. I like pumpkin. <laughs> Feel better already. <laughs> Must be a real page turner. <laughs> Oh, that's very distraught there. You all right? <laughs> and again, Balshkin not Good having on. emotions. No. She, she's showing some. We agree. I silly. It's an extremely rare mineral. This comet appears to contain large quantities of it. I've never heard of I silly. So you had a Vulcan question. Kevin. About that, right? Yeah. Okay. What is Icelium? Well, to be honest, even though we're going to watch a lot more, they don't really state what it is. They state that it is a very rare mineral, but they don't state what it is. And we did try Googling this. And we didn't come up with anything. Yeah, it doesn't even register. So, I don't know what it is, it is or supposed to be or what it's supposed to be used for. You know? We'll just say it's an ice comet right now. There you go. <laughs> With icelium, which, who yeah. knows what that is. All right, ready? This have only obtained small amounts. They've never been able to study it in detail. This could be a chance. Can we collect a sample with the transporter? Most of the icelium deposits are at least 20 meters beneath the crust. That's too deep to get along. Deposits. A We've got the portable drilling rigs, then. She said deposits. Yes, it's 20 meters deep. Too deep to get with the transporter. So they're gonna have to go for a nice walk, if you will. We can take a shuttle park. I'd advise setting down near one of the two poles. If you're out of direct sunlight, the surface ice will be more stable. How long would you need? Shouldn't take one trip far enough. You up for a little comet walk? By all means. Get started. Captain, detecting <laughs> a vessel closing on our position. It's Vulcan. It's Vulcan. The Starship Timur. The Starship Timur. Very interesting looking This Vulcan is Captain ship. Jonathan Archer of the Starship Enterprise. I'm Captain Bennett. Pleased to meet you. You're a long way from Earth, Captain. Are you lost? Not at all. Just taking a look at this comet. 
Our sensors detected it two days ago. We also decided to investigate. Really? So, Vanek has decided to investigate... The science officer tells me that Vulcans aren't very interested in comets. Actually, it's your interest in the comet we're investigating. Which brings me to my next question. Why we are they so interested in them that they're interested in the comet? Well, as you're going to hear Archer state later, I assume that the Vulcans think that the humans are going to blow up the universe. <laughs> you know, it's a thought. It is a thought. And to be honest, I mean, we could. I doubt we would, but we could. But it is a thought. Exactly. So, does that answer your question? It does. Now, wait a second. You didn't, didn't you have a theory or two? A theory? I think that uh, she's gonna, or DePaul's going to turn on them. Which you've been recurring that theme for a while. And I think her and Tripp are going to get married. Well, you're going to have to wait and find out, darling. Anything else for right now? No. Okay. Plan to send a drilling team to the surface to collect core samples. You're welcome to participate. If you have no objection, we'd like to remain here and observe. Stay as long as you want. Archer kind of looks a little angry. <laughs> I think he's mad. T'Pol? So T'Pol and Tripp are going to, or uh, Archer are going to her ready, his ready room. I'd love to know what they're really doing here. You don't find anything strange about them suddenly showing up? Perhaps they're simply curious. Curious? That doesn't sound very Vulcan to me. This isn't the first time we've caught them lurking around. <laughs> Remember three weeks ago, the planetary nebula? That was nothing more than a survey trip. So why didn't they respond to our hails? Why'd they go to warp when we headed toward them? I'm starting to get the feeling they're looking over our shoulder a little too often. That seems unlikely. We'll see. Fine. If Vanek is the kind of guy who likes to watch... Then this, they'll give him something to watch. Well, yep, hopefully he enjoys the show. So now we see Shuttle Pod 1. I like down. that. That's one of my favorite parts. You like that? Very good CGI, my opinion. I've never stood on a comet before. Has anyone? Good question. <laughs> well, I've only seen snow twice in my life. Well, that's only fitting that we commemorate the occasion. You mean plant a flag? Nah, too predictable. Snowball fight. Need these to take all the fun out of that. Huh. We'll just have to see how the spirit moves us when we get there. <laughs> So what they're talking about is uh, when they land on the surface, what they should do. They want to do a flag and too predictable. So we'll fly, well, the UV suits will take the fun out of that. So now they've landed on the, the surface. They are stepping out of the shuttle. Interesting though. So now we're back on the Enterprise in the engine room. Do you want to see me? 
Take a look at something, will you? I've been running down the entrance. I found some kind of power surge in the transceiver array. Now, you asked a question about the transceiver array, didn't what you? What is a transceiver array? So, last time when we did the Andorian incident, you heard of a sensor array, right? Well, a transceiver array is basically our way of sending and receiving messages, radio, and stuff like that from other places and other ships out there in the universe. So, yeah. Now, later on in TOS and, and on, it's subspace messages. So they've somehow figured out how to put messages so that they go faster. So basically, it's a way to communicate. Yes. That makes sense. Yes. Okay. Like an encrypted transmission. <laughs> it came from the Vulcan ship. Who was it sent to? We know who it was sent to. You sure this was sent to her quarters? I wish it wasn't. Did you say anything to you about it? Not a word. We had an agreement. She promised not to speak to the Vulcans without telling me. Looks like she's having some trouble keeping her promises. Should I have Hoshi decrypted? Stay put, Commander. This is important. Start the recording. To the students of Ms. Malvin's fourth grade class at the Worley Elementary School in Kenmare, County Kerry, Ireland. This is Captain Archer aboard the Starship Enterprise. On behalf of the entire crew, I'd like to thank you for your transmission. We all got a real kick out of your drawings and letters. You asked a lot of interesting questions. I wish we had time to answer all of them, but if we did that, we wouldn't get much exploring done. So I've selected a few, and hopefully our answers will give you a better idea of what life is like out here. Liam Brennan asks, what do you eat? For the most part, the same things you eat at home. Our chef can make anything from a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to uh, turkey with all the trimming. So he just said turkey with all the trimmings. Now something you're going to find in TOS in one episode. One episode. Apparently Kirk wants him to have a nice Thanksgiving. So he told him to make the meatloaf look like a turkey. Like as best turkey. he can. And then all of a sudden the meatloaf turns into actual turkey dinners. For the crew, because of Charlie X. Hell yeah! Now you'll you'll meet him later. Turkey dinners. You'll meet him later. Um, but if you notice, they don't say that in any other episode. They don't even have a Christmas. Wow. But it may be something we don't see. As well, you know. Ready? Yes. Okay. 
We have a, a hydroponic greenhouse on board where we grow fruits and vegetables, and we can also... So what is a uh, hydroponic greenhouse, baby? Well, it's a greenhouse where they grow food. I mean, that's what I can claim it as. That's what Arthur just say that it said it was. It's a place where they grow food. Yes. Eat <laughs> certain foods with our protein receipts. Oh, he just answered the question. Which question? Is dating allowed on Enterprise? Protein Well, protein. He's not discouraged. Resequencing. There is a lot of privacy on Yep. Most of our crew share quarters with at least one other person, so it wouldn't exactly dating on Enterprise be practical. But if two crew members decide that they really like each other, there are a lot of places they can go to look at the stars. Well, look at the stars. Julio Shannon wants to know AKA how many aliens. I think I'll give that one to my communications officer, Ensign Hoshi Sato. Hoshi Sato. So something he said there was basically dating on the Enterprise is kind of limited. Right. On TNG, you'll find out that Dating is not as prohibited as before. You know? Okay. So, because they have, and I'm not really spoiling anything, but in TO, TNG, they do have families on board the Enterprise. All right. Same with DS9, uh, same with Voyager. Although Voyager isn't really as big with families, but it's mostly because of what Voyager has to do. Right. Is why they accept more families. So, you're going to find out some things later on about different ships and stuff. May I continue? Yes. Okay, so we're going to get from Hoshi what she does. Well, Paul, that's a very good yes. question. We use a device called Universal Translator. It's like an alien dictionary with hundreds of languages programmed into it. And it can learn new languages very quickly. But it doesn't always work. And when that happens, it's up to me to try to translate. I'm sure I don't have to tell you, it can be really hard sometimes. One wrong word can mean the difference between saying, take my hand or take my life. So far, I've managed to do pretty well. Thanks, Hoshi. Here's one from Molly McCook. Oh boy. Here we go. When you flush the toilet, where does it go? That sounds like an engineering question. Trips just over there hugging his head down laughing, and then all of a sudden, wait, what? <laughs> Poor Trip. Trip? Pause it, will you? A poop question, sir? A poop question, sir? <laughs> poop. Can I talk about the warp reactor, the transporter? It's a perfectly valid question. You know, Archer is right, because that's always been my thing. Is When you go to the bathroom and... In, in all the shows, where does it go? Well, Trip's going to explain. you got to understand is we recycle pretty much everything on a starship. <laughs> that includes waste. Waste. And <laughs> the first thing that happens to the waste is He's stuttering it so gets hard. processed through a machine called a biomatter resequencer. Then it gets broken down into... Hold on. They're going to think I'm the sanitation engineer. You're doing fine. You're doing fine. <laughs> Archer, ever encouraging. So, the waste is broken down into little molecules. And then they get transformed into any number of things we can use on the ship. 
cargo containers, insulation, boots, boots, <laughs> poop, <laughs> poop, poop, boots, poop, boots. <laughs> Very enlightening, Commander. <laughs> Gabrielle Witty wants to know if germs can live in space. Ah, I believe I can answer that, Captain. Go Flaxco! He's gonna go on a Hello. Hello. <laughs> He's gonna... Squirrel! Tangent! Position. Yep. <laughs> I'm from a system called Denobula Triaxa, and I feel very honored to be part of this important mission. Germs. Mm -hmm. They may be tiny, but they are among the most... The look on Trip's face, they're like... He's like... <laughs> they can survive almost any way from what it encounters under the volume. In the vacuum... A deer with heads like yeah. Well, it is a good question, though. Yes. All those are actually really good questions. They are. They can drift in a dormant state for millions of years. And as you'll find out, that question is answered also with Reed later on. Peculiar colony of spores. On the hull. Thank you, Doctor. Fascinating. We'll find out. I think we've taken up enough of Ms. Malvin's classroom time. Oh, by the way, we've included some pictures of a comet we're studying. We think it might be the biggest one ever discovered by humans or Vulcans. That's what's so exciting about being on Enterprise. You never know what you're going to find next. Exactly. We miss Earth. But hearing from you makes us all feel a little closer to home. Yay! Captain Archer, out. You were there. How did it go to you, Archer? And Trip just puts his hand on his face. Like, oh my God! It records everything like a blank page. The farther down you drill, the farther back in time you go. Lieutenant. Yes. Uh -oh. Mayweather made what a snowman. I'm <laughs> <laughs> in the plasma torch. So he's gonna use the plasma torch to make eyes, a mouth, and the snowman, and then takes the plasma torch and sticks it in the snowman and makes it a nose. Archer to Lieutenant Reed. Go ahead, sir. How you doing, Malcolm? We're just about to set the charges. I'm sure I don't need to remind you we're being observed. No, sir. <laughs> we want this to go as smoothly as possible. Make a good impression. Right. So tell me, who's the sculptor? <clears throat> it won't be there for long, sir. <laughs> <Archer> <laughs> tell me who's the sculptor. Won't be there long, sir. That didn't answer my question. Exactly. <laughs> Any luck? Sorry it took so long. The code was pretty complex. What's it say? It's in Vulcan. You'll have to run it through the translation matrix. You didn't read it? I didn't feel it'd be right. Thanks. Well, hope you got something on herself on that one. So now it's being translated and read, or uh, uh, Trip is reading it. And the look on his face is like he just did something extremely wrong. Which <laughs> in his mind he did. Decrypted the message. And it's not exactly what we expected. It's a letter. What did it say? It's personal. 
What do you mean? Very personal. Very personal. Oh no. You could order me to tell you, sir, but you wouldn't be happy if I did. Why the hell was it encrypted? That's what I want to know. Maybe Vulcans encrypt all their personal letters. All they had to do was send it to regular channels, mark it personal, and we left it alone. But no, they had to encrypt it, force me to start snooping. I feel like I got caught with my hand in the cookie jar. <laughs> Hi. Let it go. Well, dead. technically you did. Come on, that was an honest mistake. I can't let it go. I gotta tell her. I gotta tell her. How's that gonna help? <laughs> That's a good question. How's that going to do? At least I'll be able to look her in the eye without feeling guilty. You're a good man. Are you? And you think you her and him are going to get married? What's that? And you think he and her are going to get married? Just drop the other shoe trip. Tell her what you did. It'll go over smoother. Different commander. I found out about your message from the Vulcan ship. Uh oh. And the anger here comes. It was a personal matter. Why wouldn't it send through normal Starfleet channels? That takes time. The letter was important. So they sent it in code. Do you have any idea how suspicious that looked? You read my letter. Uh oh, here comes the anger. Believe me, I don't feel very good about it. I have more letters in my quarters. Would you like to read those as well? <laughs> I'm trying to apologize here. Archer to Paul. Yes, Captain. Please report to my ready room. Portrait. Put his hand in the computer. Has anyone else read the letter? No. I'd appreciate it if you wouldn't mention it. I won't, I promise. I thought I'd invite Captain Vanek for a visit. If he's so interested in how we do things, he might as well come see for himself. Once he realizes we're not going to blow up the galaxy. See, he said it right there. Maybe we're not going to blow up the galaxy. No, sure we're not going to blow up the galaxy. We might, but we well, by doubt. Dinner's a good way to break the ice. I was hoping you might give Chef some menu suggestions. Certainly. A little food or wine. Vulcan stop drink wine. You know what I mean. So she just mentioned Vulcan stop drink alcohol. Go away. That'll do a lot of things. <laughs> I just want him to go away. Why did you sit from the beginning? And now we're in sick bay Two with Fox. Hmm. Perhaps you slept in an awkward position. I haven't slept. For two days. Something on your mind? It uh, appears to be a tension headache. You know anything said between us is strictly confidential. Would you like to talk about what's troubling you? 
No. I don't know if there's anyone on this ship you would feel comfortable talking with, but uh, if there is, it might feel good to get whatever's bothering you out in the open. This is a simple analgesic. So basically, Fox is giving her an analgesic. It's basically like Thank you, what anyone would take for a headache, you know. Like Tylenol. Or Tylenol, ibuprofen, whatever anyone ta would take normally for a headache. Only that is more faster to work. And, they, and we now are in on the uh, comet, and there is a Vulcan now on there, aka the snowman has got his Vulcan ears. Looks good though. With the Vulcaneers on it. What do you think, hon? I like it. <laughs> and now they're going to. Too bad he doesn't last much longer. I know. Poor Vulcaneers are a nice snowman. touch. I thought so. We should get out more often. <laughs> Don't get too comfortable. This landscape is about to change. Retour Enterprise. Go ahead. Charges are set. Stand by. Inform the Vulcans who are about to make a very loud noise. Aye, sir. Archer to read. Yes, Captain. Blast away. Understood. <laughs> because the Vulcans have sensitive hearing with their bigger ears. Your first one was the uh, shovel coming down. Yep. Impressive. Yeah. I was hoping for a little more symmetry. <laughs> so now Reed is going down. Now something has happened since they stopped that explosion. You're gonna find out here in a little bit. Now we're in, in the captain's mess at dinner. If I'm not mistaken, you're flying a. Sarat class ship. You're not mistaken. You can get her to what? Very weird looking ship, the Vulcans. It's like 6. a. 6.5. Weird cylinder with a bar mm. off of it and then a, a circular cylinder around it. Not very wide, but it's there. That's their warp drive. Uh, NSLs. I was a guest aboard a Memora class ship. The Urala. So everybody is eating except for Do you know him? Velik. Not personally. Uh, we made a run to a dark matter nebula. I helped set up the Graviton telescope. Dark Most matter nebula is back in the in the in the or something else. Like you're flying around inside your own little starship. You're <laughs> easily impressed. Yes, us humans are easily impressed. <laughs> something wrong with your puck tar? So you had a question what they were eating. Yes. It's puck tar. I don't know what that is, but it is a Vulcan dish. That's all I really know about it. <laughs> Apparently, the 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 chef can do really good in <laughs> his cooking. Puck tar. Mm -hmm. If it's not to your liking, I'm sure our chef can prepare you something else. I've already eaten. <laughs> Hope you saved room for dessert. Falcons have no emotions, but he kind of emoted there, in my opinion. 
just by looking at that trip. Yep. After dinner, I After thought you might dinner. like to take a look around. Enterprise may not be rock class, but she's quite a ship. Perhaps <laughs> another time. Tea? I only drink water. I can tell right now Archer's getting a little irritated. You know, people sorry. who claim to not be explorers, you sure do get around. I hope our presence here is not proving inconvenient. On the contrary. It's nice to know, no matter how big the universe is, there's always a Vulcan ship nearby. Yes, there is. So, Captain, tell us about yourself. Excuse me. Uh, <laughs> It's customary to exchange personal information with someone you've just met. We have this peculiar habit of actually talking during meals. I've noticed. What I've would noticed. you like to know? <laughs> I don't know. Vulcan is irritating. How long have you been captain? Any hobbies? I've served in the Vulcan space program for 76 years. 15 of those commanding the tenure. So... He just said that he was, he's been in the Vulcan space fleet for 76 years. Damn. Uh, do you understand why yet? No. Okay, so Vulcans, in general, if everything goes right, they can live upwards of 200 years old or more. Damn. Uh, I forget how old Sarek is when he passes away. You'll meet Sarek. Uh, Sarek uh, in TOS. He is Spock's dad. Yes, also the Vulcan ambassador at that time to Earth. So you're going to uh, meet a lot of Vulcans, yes. Um, but you'll meet one in season four, and you'll meet her again in TOS. Oh. So right there shows that they do live for a long time, upwards of about 200 years old. Yeah. Or more. Um,. So that's why he's been in the Spalkin space fleet for 76 years. 15 of which he been he had been commanding the Tumir. Right. So he's been command, in command for at least 15 years. Damn. So, wow. I believe this is Captain Vanek's first visit aboard an Earth vessel. We'd be happy to answer any questions you might have. I have none. Humans have never held much interest for me. <laughs> wow. Well, where did the time go? Seems like you just got here. I'm sure you're eager to get back to your ship, so I'll trouble you with just one last question. How long do you plan on spying on us? If we were spying, Captain... You would have never detected our presence. Your inexperience and your arrogance are your enemies, not us. Wow. Vanek is such an asshole. He is. Or Velik, sorry. Please show Velik. Captain Vanek to the launch. No, it's Vanek. Same Vanek. Okay, yeah. I was right the first time. I am still not sure. I do not know what he said to her. At all. That was all Vulcan. What did he say? And then Archer's already left. Now it's Paul's left, leaving Trip in the captain's mess alone. Alone. Poor Trip. 
Captain. Always the bridesmaid, never the bride. At this point. Well, my theory, maybe we'll see. We'll see. And now we're looking at uh, something on uh, Paul's station, and it's the comet has a rotation now a lot faster than it was before. And they're drilling into Marsh the ice now to get the ice cylinder. Go ahead, son. How's it going? Okay. We hit a layer of magnesite. We cracked a drill bit, but we've replaced it. You may want to pick up the pace a little. So, the comet's rotation will shift so when you set off those charges. In about two hours, the shuttle pod will be facing a star. The temperature's going to shoot up by a couple hundred degrees. I want you out of there before then. We'll be done with time to spare, sir. Be sure you are. Mark your out. Well, it just went from a nice, peaceful time to dangerous. We cut to uh, to Paul and her quarters, and in comes Re or uh, Malcolm. Sorry, no, Trip. Now, something you'll notice here is all these candles. Uh, Trip is going to say something about them. She has permission to use them, but on other ones like in, T in an episode of TOS or TNG. A group of aliens tried to start a fire on the Enterprise and it got smothered out by the computer's fire suppression system. Because you're you're using up the oxygen on the ship. Right. Granted they can make more, but in it's just to it you know, it is what it is. You know. I've never seen your quarters before. Cozy. You know, you're not supposed to have an open flame on the ship. I was given permission from the captain. They're from meditation. So, what can I do for you? Dr. Flux believes that it might help if I was to discuss my problem with someone I felt comfortable confiding in. You want to talk to me? Me? Well, he has read her letter. Well, I... Yes. Um... <laughs> I'm not sure I'm going to be much help. I mean, we've been in three relationships and they all went bust. Are you sure you wouldn't rather talk to Hoshi or Ensign Kimball? She's married. You were far from my first choice. But speaking with someone else would mean more people knowing about my situation. That's why she chose Reed. Or, uh, Trey. I'll do anything I can. Which part? Why do I keep wanting to call him Reed? Read the I don't know. Yes. <laughs> then you know that unless I leave Enterprise immediately, my wedding plans will be canceled. Have you talked to... Koss. Have you talked to Koss about all so, this? We haven't spoken in many years. Koss is her... This is what she's talking about is... Vulcans, and she'll explain it too, but... Vulcans at a young age get... Uh... They get betrothed yes. to another. Thank you. That's what the word I was looking for. They get betrothed by... It's a Vulcan ceremony. It's, and it, the, the Vulcans suspect that even if you've only met your your future husband once, you will eventually grow feelings for them. Things will get better. But as we know so far, T'Pol does have some emotions. So things, And she's spending time on her ship. So maybe she sees things in a different light now. Maybe. She doesn't want to be married to this guy. Because now she's got to basically be a stay-at-home mom. Right. She can't be on the airship no more. Because, they'll explain it, but I'm trying to help 
fill in any gaps. Right. Marriages on Vulcan are arranged during childhood. They, yep. I've only during met Koss four times. She's only met Koss four times. How can you be in love with a guy you've only met four times? It's assumed that we'd eventually develop an affection for one another. Again. <laughs> so his parents send you an ultimatum. He doesn't have a say? His parents planned the union. It's their decision. It's their decision. Boy. <laughs> that went away a long time ago, but still it can be out there. Are you going to give me advice or criticize my people's tradition? I'm still a little fuzzy on why you threatened to call it off in the first place. The ceremony was supposed to take place next week. When I decided to remain on Enterprise, I requested a postponement. Casa's parents were insulted that I would put off our plans to serve on a human vessel. Well, Why don't you go marry Koss, then come back? It's customary for a husband and wife to reside together for at least one Vulcan year. Maybe he can come to Enterprise. He's an architect. It would be illogical for him to live aboard a starship. Not really. This whole thing sounds illogical. Especially if they're planning... Your advice. ...to colonize other star, other star systems. Right. What do you want to do? My opinion. That is irrelevant. No, it's not. It's very relevant. Do you want to go that back and marry this guy? <laughs> so it's not. Actually, trip is right. Or do you want to stay on Enterprise? I have an obligation. You've got an obligation to yourself. You spent the last year around here. You've got an obligation. There's one thing you should have learned is that we're free to make our own decisions. There's a lot to be said for personal choice. If you'd spent the last year on Vulcan, you would have learned that our commitment to tradition outweighs personal choice. I respect your customs. But this marriage was arranged when you were a kid. A lot's happened since yep. then. People change. Vulcans don't. That's why a lot of... Really? Vulcans My don't. obligation is to my culture. My heritage. It has to take precedence. Sounds to me like you already made up your mind. Yeah, no, why the hell did you ask me here? It was a mistake. Not really. I apologize. Not if you know what I know. <laughs> Did it ever occur to you that you might have postponed the wedding because subconsciously you wanted to get out of it? That would imply that my subconscious mind controls my decisions. It doesn't. I think it does to follow It happens does. to humans all the time. Yes, Maybe it you're does. picking up some of our bad habits. <laughs> Collecting their samples and trying to leave. Hooray! Uh oh, uh oh. Travis just fell. I'm okay. Big tough man. Ah, boy. My knee. Uh oh. You rest here. I'm all right. Okay. Well, let's get you to the pod. I'll come back for the gear if there's time. At least take the core sample. We shouldn't go back to the ship empty-handed. Wouldn't you think they could beam all that aboard except for Travis and uh, Reed? That would be awesome. That would be the logical thing to do. You know, this way Trip and Reed, uh, Trip and Mayweather only have one thing to do, or Mayweather and Reed only have one thing to do, which is get to the shuttle and get off there. Yep. 
And you see the star coming up, like the sun rising. Oh boy. Hobble faster, boys, hobble faster. slide the chair over and use a joystick to fly. Yes. They don't have that on the other ones. Do you see them? Except for Enterprise E, I think, at, for manual control. Two meters right. starboard. But it's only seen once. Oh, you got this. Come on. The Vulcan ship's hailing us. Take a message. I'm busy. Captain Vandek wants to know if we require assistance. The look on, we've got the look, under uh, to Paul gave like, are you serious? Yeah, right there. Synchronize to the rotation. Take us a few meters to port. We won't be able to pull them around it. 
Because I think every series has, every species has their own version of it. Yeah. You know, when they make it. So if they don't steal it first. Well, come on. Vanek offered to assist us. There's no shame in accepting. We can do this on our own. And Archer's a little proud right now. Got some pride. The tractor beam sounds like a pretty good idea right now. Vanek expects you to refuse his offer. He sees humans as arrogant, prideful. <laughs> Why not prove him wrong? You can save them. Again, Vulcan logic. Pride stand in the way. You're human. You're free to choose. That damn Vulcan logic again.
So, Vicky. Mm-hmm. Yes. That was season one, episode eight, Breaking the Ice. Very interesting episode. Kind of boring, to be honest, but not everything that you're going to explore is going to be action-packed and everything like that. <laughs> so, on a scale of one to ten, ten being the best, one being the worst, five being in the middle, what do you think you can, you would rate this episode? Let's do five and a half. Five and a half. Okay, well, I think I'll give it the same rating of five and a half. Because we did get to see the Vulcans use the uh, tractor beam. We right. find out that the Vulcan ship can do six and a half, uh, six point five warp. Mm-hmm. You know, we I Velik does and and is mostly irritating through the whole thing. So yeah, but we get a little bit of building and character for Trip and to Paul. We do see Malcolm, instead of being all gung-ho, is more of having a laugh now. Mayweather hurts his leg, which kind of interesting. Yes. So, in this, so with your theory, no, they didn't meet a new species. No. No, they didn't invite them to dinner to break the ice. No. I, good idea at the time, but that would be a very short episode. Yes. My opinion. So... Who do you think this whole episode hinged on? Was it Vanek? Was it Trip? Was it T'Pol? Was it Archer? Was it Reed? Was it Mayweather? Was it... I think it was both of them. Both of who? Reed and Mayweather. Because they're the ones who had to go down there. They're the ones who got caught. True, but we don't see them much in the whole thing. You know, to be honest. I think if it was me, I'd have to give it to... Trip and... Paul. Because they got a lot more character building going between those two. And if you notice when he was apologizing about reading her letter, she got a little angry. Yes. So, in our next episode, guys, which is going to be Civilization, we're going to try and record a theme song for us for the beginning. An opening intro, if you will. So, that's going to happen. I know you have to go use the restroom, Vicki. Sorry to make this okay. and go to bed. I'm sorry for this taking so long. It's okay. Um, hopefully, you guys all enjoyed our listening of this episode. Um, so yeah, anything else, my dear? <laughs> no. Okay. Well, you've been listening to Vicky's Adventures in a Star Trek. I'm William. I'm Vicky. And we will catch you on our next mission. <laughs>